Thanks for joining us today. This week's podcast was presented on July 14th by Pastor Alan Duncalf. In this week's message, we reviewed one of the most famous psalms, Psalm 23. Well, good morning, everybody. So this morning, we're talking, uh, continuing our talk in the psalms. And as you know, uh, David wrote 75 of the 150 psalms, and we're looking at 10 of them. Uh, Not all today, but over the course of the whole summer. So we're really looking forward to that. Uh, Let me just show you this this picture uh, here. Somebody sent me this this week. And actually, this is, uh, this is Psalm 22, which we discussed last week. And uh, some of you will remember that uh, I was showing everybody how, how Matthew 22 is reflected in the New Testament. It really is a prophetic word about the coming of the Messiah and the things that the Messiah would do. And so they marked their Bible and sent it to me, and I got so excited about it. I asked for permission. Do you mind if I show this to everybody? So I want to just remind everybody that your Bible is your life workbook. It's your manual. It's, it's how to get through this life. Everybody gets that, right? And, uh, and the best way that you're going to get through this life is if you actually open your Bible. Okay? And, and if you're wondering where Psalms are, just crack the Bible right, right dead center, and there, there's the Psalms. It's really easy to find. So if anybody has any problem ever finding any book of the Bible, just call me, and I'll tell you how to find it. So anyway, Psalm 22 here, and you'll notice that it's color-coded, and each of the colors has a different meaning, and uh, uh, I just got so excited, I just thought, uh, can I just share that with everybody? Isn't that wonderful? Yeah. yeah. And I would, I would highly recommend that you do that. Uh, someday maybe I'll show you all my Bibles and how they're all marked up, but uh, I'll tell you, when you interact with the scriptures like that, it just, it just finds its roots in your own heart, in your own life. And I'm going to tell you, it's life-changing. So I really highly recommend that. Um, the story of David really is, was, for me, as a child, was, David, first of all, was my favorite um, Bible character other than Jesus. Uh, you'll be happy to know. <laughs> um, David, David inspired me. Uh, he, he, first of all, he was a shepherd. I mean, how cool is that to be out in the out in the fields uh, uh, for maybe for days on end, taking care of sheep? That would that just sounded like a lot of fun. And uh, and he was an expert with a sling. In case you don't know what a sling is, it's basically a little patch of of leather with two long strings attached to it. And the person who who could who would use a sling would put that stone in that in that leather pouch there and then just swing it. And uh, apparently. Um, the, the stones uh, where, David, where, where David was caring for his sheep, those stones were very, very hard composition. And uh, apparently, uh, I just read this, apparently when, when, the, when the person using that sling would fire it and when it would hit its mark, they say it's like a, um, like a, like a bullet from a 45 <laughs> caliber gun. And so it's, it's, you really get the point. I mean, this is a serious, deadly weapon in the hands of somebody who knows how to use it. And so there's David taking care of his sheep, watching them eat, making sure they go to the right place. But here's the thing. Um, uh, most of the time, he's just sitting around. So rather than just sit around, what he did is he learned how to use that sling. He learned how to become a master with it. And you can just imagine him all day, every day, month after month, year after the year, practicing with his sling. He got so good at it that he could hit, he could hit his target 
on the, on the first, first swing. Very, very amazing. Uh, thrilling for, for a boy. Uh, I don't know, how many boys here had slingshots growing up? We, we, yeah, so you know exactly what I'm talking about. Slingshot, just all you do is find a branch of a tree with a, with a Y and uh, go into your dad's toolbox when he's not looking <laughs> and cut, off it, cut, it, cut it off, get an old rubber tire. The, the, uh, it's not, not the rubber tire itself, but it's the, what do you call it inside it? It's inner tube. Thank you. Thanks, everybody, for the inner tube. You cut out your strap, you tie it on both ends, and now you've got a deadly weapon. My grandmother always confiscated them. And so we always, we always had to make new ones. David, oh my goodness, what a hero. Uh, not only was David a shepherd and uh, a master with a sling, but this guy was good at killing bears and lions and nasty giants. And, uh, and then, of course, he was anointed to be the king. I mean, how many boys are told out of the blue that one day they're going to be a king? Well, that was David. And we find as we read about David, he was a skilled soldier, and, uh, and he was a boy who loved God. And of course, that was very thrilling for me, because uh, I became a Christian when I was eight years old. And, and as a young boy, I, I really felt I could identify with David, who also loved God. And I discovered in David, uh, really a, a hero, because here's a guy who's macho, who, uh, who's, who's a giant killer and a bear killer, and yet he loves God. So a lot of people, they think religion's just for women, right? You're not sure? <laughs> no, it's not just for women. It's for men and women. Everybody gets that, right? But David, this, this macho man, uh, has his heart for God. In fact, his heart for God is so great that the Bible says he was called a man after God's own heart. And man, he wrote, he wrote psalms, and no doubt writing them while he's in the wilderness, uh, nothing else to do but compose poetry, thinking of God, and reflecting on the goodness of God. And of course, uh, if you don't know it, J David was also uh, a great-grandfather of Jesus Christ, our Lord. So he's a, great, he's, a, he's a great man, a man used by God in a powerful way. So today, we're looking at Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 is a psalm that probably a lot of you know. This is the, actually the first passage of Scripture that I ever memorized, and I memorized it in the King James Version. Uh, don't ask me to recite it at the moment, because uh, I haven't used K KJV for some time. But, but know this. This psalm is, is probably one of the best-known passages of Scripture in the whole Bible. If you ask the average person... Uh, recite a passage of scripture, or, or, or can you name a passage of scripture? They're either going to talk about John 3.16 or Psalm 23. So it's, a, it's an important passage of scripture. At almost every funeral, we're referencing Psalm 23 because of that passage that says, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. It's powerful, isn't it? And so that's what we're looking at today. We're looking at Psalm 23. And the thing that we see in Psalm 23 really is a reflection uh, of David's experience as a shepherd. He recognizes the way that he loves and cares for his sheep. And, and he, he sees that there's, there's a beautiful picture here, a picture of God's providence, his provision for us, and God's protection. And so we, we get this psalm, which we're going to look at in just a moment. 
Um, but Jesus describes himself as a good shepherd. So here's David referencing this great shepherd who, is, who he sees as God, and then Jesus, we read in John chapter 10, uh, Jesus himself refers to himself as that good shepherd. Well, here's a picture from my childhood. How many remember this picture? Have you seen this one? It's a very, very popular picture of Jesus the shepherd. This was painted in the 19th century. Did you know that? It's old, it's really old. Um, and uh, the, the painter that painted this painted a number of, of biblical themes that many of us would be, um, be familiar with. But it's interesting uh, that as a child, it's, this was hanging up in my Sunday school room. Whenever we went to Sunday school, uh, this is what we saw when I was uh, just, I think, maybe five years old, five or six years old. And it stuck with me, a loving shepherd. And so I want this image to, to, to find roots in your heart and your mind right now. Okay, just look at it, okay? And just kind of like, hmm, you got it? Is, it? is it stuck in your head now? Can, picture yourself as that sheep, that little sheep in the arms of Jesus. Are you, are you seeing yourself there? You see, I'm too big, Pastor Al. You can never hold me. <laughs> okay, but this is this is just uh, this is just an analogy, right? So, consider yourself safe in the arms of Jesus. This is the picture that David wants us to get. We are in Christ's care. How many know there is no better place, no safer place in all the world than in the arms of Jesus? Amen. Everybody gets that. If you're a Christian today, if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, understand you are safe. You are safe in the arms of Jesus. He will protect you, and he will provide for you. Now, I can tell you that most of us here today, if we have any problems at all, it's usually along one of those two lines. Either we feel unsafe uh, for, for various reasons. The circumstances of life have left us feeling fearful. If you're feeling fearful today, you've come to the right place. The other thing, of course, is provision. Oh, am I going to have enough? And I want you to understand something about those of us who are Christians, those of us who are called to follow Christ. You and I, as Christians, are in the habit, did you get that? In the habit of trusting God. This is how we live. We, 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 we live day to day believing and trusting that God is going to provide for me and meet all my needs. Would you say that with me? God will meet all my needs. Say it with me. God will meet all my needs through Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all my needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. So do you understand that today? Because if you want to know what the Christian life is all about, it's all about understanding and receiving the protection and the provision of Jesus Christ. And by the way, this is exactly how Jesus looks. I'm just kidding. Of course, we don't know what he looks like. Actually, if you want to know the truth, Isaiah says, Isaiah, in describing Jesus, says he was not a good-looking man. Did you know that? In all the movies about Jesus, they always have a good-looking Jesus, and Isaiah says he wasn't good-looking at all. Interesting, isn't it? And there's a reason for that, which we'll talk about another time. But let's get back to Jesus the shepherd and, and us the sheep, because that's really what I want you to understand today. I, wanna, I want you to understand who you are 
in relationship to the shepherd. And I want you to understand the shepherd in relationship to us. You see, the, the important thing for you and I as Christians is to grow in our knowledge of God. Does this make sense? This is, this is what we're doing every day. We're getting to know God better and better and better. Hopefully, some of you, you haven't grown at all in 10 years. You haven't grown in 20 years. Exactly Where you are today is exactly where you were 20 years ago. That's not good. You're supposed to be growing and maturing in your faith. And the way you're going to grow and mature in your faith is by getting to know God. Does that make sense? So really, Psalm 23 this morning is all about helping us to understand who our God is. Because the Bible is very clear that you and I are not supposed to worry, which we'll talk about in just a few moments. And yet many of us, we live day to day, moment by moment, worrying, worrying, worrying. What are we supposed to be doing moment by moment? It's moment by moment holiness, trusting Jesus, right? Being like Christ. And so we need to understand who Jesus is. And so David, beautifully, and again, I would say even prophetically, and prophetic, by prophetic, I mean Jesus, uh, David's looking forward to the great and good shepherd. He's showing us who he is and who we are. Now, there are some lovely sheep. Aren't they lovely sheep? Look at that one right there. It's like, what are you doing here? <laughs> You're not my shepherd. You're a photographer. <laughs> Out. <laughs> and look at this one. <laughs> and this is my favorite. <laughs> don't you just love sheep? I don't you just love sheep. And I just think, you know, when God looks at us. I, I, I'm thinking he loves us too. Would you agree with that? Yeah, he loves us too. So I'm just going to leave that picture up there for a moment. Psalm 23 begins, and I'm not going to read it through again because uh, our video already read that for us. It begins with, the Lord is my shepherd. Now, you may or may not know this, but when the Magi came looking for Jesus when he was born, they, didn't know, they saw the star over Bethlehem. They weren't exactly sure where to go. And so what did they do? They went to King Herod and said, can you tell us where the new king is born? Now, of course, you know, Herod was hysterical and out of his mind. He was crazy, tried to kill the babies. But, but he, he wanted to find out where the Messiah was born as well. So he went to his scholars and he said, where can I find, where can I find the baby Jesus? And so Matthew, Matthew chapter, um, uh, Matthew chapter 2 uh, we are told, and you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are not least among the ruling cities of Judah, for a ruler will come from you who will be the for my people Israel. Did you know that? Did you ever see that when you were studying? This is not Christmas, but <laughs> this really is what this, the message of Christmas is that a shepherd has been born for us, somebody who will care for us, somebody who will rule in our hearts and lives. Hey, I don't know if you understand this or not, but Jesus Christ is our king. Did everybody get that? He's our ruler, but he's also our shepherd. Now, for most of us, we like the idea of having a shepherd that protects us and feeds us. We're not too crazy about the king thing. 
But I'm gonna tell you right now, if you're a Christian today, then you have learned and understand what it means to submit to Jesus Christ. He is, if he's your king, then you are, you were demanded, commanded, expected to submit to him and do whatever he says. And this is why we, we teach you habit number three, moment by moment holiness. Every time you make a decision, anything you ever say or do, you're doing what Jesus would do, right? You're submitting to Christ. As a Christian, you can't do whatever you want to do. Contrary to what some people teach and what some people preach and what, uh, what some people practice. I, I mean, you know some of the controversies that are raging right now and the hatred that's been leveled against the church and particularly evangelical Christians. And why is it? It's because we as evangelical Christians, we believe that God calls us to obey everything in his word. We don't compromise. We don't, we don't readjust the scriptures to make things fit in 2019. Some would say, thank you, Jesus, <laughs> right? We submit to our king, who is also our shepherd, who protects us and who rules us. And, 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 and here's the thing. In John 10, 10 to 11, Jesus says the thief's purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. My purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life. I am a good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Now this, folks, is why we don't compromise. This is why we don't go against what the shepherd tells us to do. Because if we're going against the shepherd, what we're doing is we're falling right into the hands of the thief whose purpose is to steal, kill, and destroy. You get this. This is why we do not compromise what we believe. This is why we do not compromise our faith and our belief system, our standards, how we live. Everything about a Christian is governed by Scripture, from the way that we use our money to the way that we use our bodies, our sexuality, the words that come out of our mouths, it all belongs to God, and that's what governs how we live. Now, here's the thing. For people who don't know Christ, they don't understand that the limitations that God puts on, on us through his word is there to protect us. It's not to, not to make life miserable for us, but to protect us and to keep us safe. Because Jesus says, I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd sacrifices his life for the sheep. Why? so that we may have a rich and satisfying life. Now, I'm gonna tell you right now, if you are not submitting to the shepherd, who is also your king, what you're doing, and you don't even know this, what you're doing is you are actually submitting or surrendering to the thief who wants to steal all that you have, who wants to kill and destroy you, your marriage, your kids, your family, your, like everything. He wants to just ruin you. Do you understand that today? This is why we as Christians follow so closely after the shepherd because we want that rich and satisfying life that only the shepherd can give us. So let me ask you a question today. Are you yielding to the shepherd today? Are you doing his will? Are you saying, yes, Lord? Or are you saying, no, Lord? I got this. I'm gonna do this on my own. 
Lord, I'm going to follow you in 99% of the things uh, in my life, but the 1% or maybe 10%, God, it's, I'm going to reserve that for, for me. It doesn't work. How many know that? It doesn't work. So there's the, there's the good shepherd. He knows how much we need him. He protects us from the thief who steals, kills, and destroys. I'm going to tell you folks, listen, listen, listen. The minute you step out from under the protection of Jesus, you are now fair game. And by fair game, I'm talking about wild game. And I'm going to tell you there's an enemy, enemy there waiting to devour you. Does everybody get that? And some of you have experienced that. You have been maimed by the enemy because you have stepped out from under the protection of your good shepherd. You know what I'm talking about, right? Everybody here knows exactly what I'm saying. You got into trouble because you stepped out from the protection and the guidance of the shepherd. Look at this. And folks, I want to tell you, this is the gospel. Jesus sacrifices his life for the sheep. In fact, that's exactly what he did at Calvary. This is the gospel. Jesus laid down his life for his sheep so that you would live. You would have abundant life, but more importantly, that you would have eternal life. Here's a problem in churches in, in North America, especially in 2019. The churches are no longer preaching the gospel. They're preaching pop psychology and all, all manner of things, but they're not preaching about Jesus Christ, the Savior, Jesus Christ, the King, and Jesus Christ, the Shepherd. Let me ask you a question today. What is your relationship to Jesus? Would you say Jesus is my King? Would you say Jesus is my Shepherd? Would you say Jesus is my Savior? You see, you can't just take bits and pieces of Jesus. It's all or nothing. If you are going to follow Christ, you come in full surrender to him. Did you ever see a sheep? Did you ever see a sheep leading the shepherd? Psst. And the shepherd's, hey, that may be the way you were raised by your parents, but that's not how Jesus operates. Isn't that the right? Isn't that exactly how kids are now? They're just like, parents, here, come this way. Do this. I'm doing this. And parents, okay, whatever you want. I just want you to be happy. God doesn't work that way. The good shepherd does not work that way. The good shepherd is not interest, interested in making you happy as much as he's interested in giving you a rich and satisfying life. Those are not the same things as happiness. He's protecting you. He's keeping you safe for his great namesake. You know, in, when we were in Hawaii, I don't know how many years ago, we went to Kauai, and what a shock to find an island full of feral chickens. Do you know what a feral chicken is? It's, it, was a, it, was a, it was a domesticated chicken that went wild. And the whole, whole island is covered in these chickens. And by the way, there's, there's wild chickens everywhere that were once domesticated, but now have gone wild. In fact, there's a group of of chickens called the Hollywood Freeway chickens. If you ever want to, if you ever go to Hollywood, uh, check out the chickens that are feral and running wild. I'm going to tell you, even chickens can be alone without humans uh, helping them. 
but sheep are dead. Even chickens can make it, but, but sheep can't. You and I cannot make it without Jesus. You and I cannot survive without Christ. You and I need Jesus. And I tell you, a sheep all alone without a shepherd in the wilderness is snack food for wild animals. I'm going to tell you, that's what you are if you are not under the protection and the guidance of the good shepherd. This is the gospel to ensure that you and I have a rich and satisfying life. We need a good shepherd to protect us and to lay down his life for us so that we will be his forever. When you understand your need for Jesus, you know what you're going to do? You're going to find yourself surrendering to him. And some of us learn the hard way. We, 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 we say, I'm going, to, I'm going to submit to Jesus and do his will, and then we think, eh, maybe I'll do my own thing. And boom! Okay, Jesus, I'm sorry. And back we go. Isn't that right? Does that, that happen to you? Have you experienced that? You get clobbered, and you have to run back to the shepherd. Oh, shepherd. Actually, it's not you running back to the shepherd so much as the shepherd coming to find you. Isn't that right? Do you remember the story of the 99 that were left behind and the shepherd went looking for the one? How many times has God had to do that for you? Hey, look it. Matthew 9, 36, Jesus, when he saw the crowds, had compassion on them because they were confused and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Hey, you know, I, I didn't plan this, but uh, my, brother, uh, my brother Clarence Mitchell's here, and one of the things that Clarence Mitchell used to do for our district in Manitoba is uh, he used to have youth conventions, and we used to be down in, in, in Brandon. And when I first became a youth pastor, I remember being at one, of those, at one of those conferences with all the young people from Manitoba. It was about, I don't know, seven or 800 of them. And... Uh, it was just the very start of my ministry, and I knew I was called into the ministry, but something happened while I was at that one conference. I looked around, and this is the verse that came to my mind. And in that moment, God spoke to my heart about the importance of being a good under-shepherd. Jesus is the good shepherd. I'm the, I'm the under-shepherd, right? And my, great, my grandfather was German, so that makes me a German shepherd. But anyway... <laughs> I looked at all these young people, seven or 800 young people, and I, God spoke to my heart at that very moment. Alan, this is what it means to be a pastor. You're caring for confused and helpless young people. Confused and helpless people. This is the world we live in, people. We're living in a world of confused and helpless people. And I'm gonna tell you, the solution to their problems is not letting them do whatever they want, but by bringing to them the gospel of Jesus Christ, which will transform their life, give them hope, give them life, give them peace, give them joy. Joy unspeakable and full of glory. Folks, this, this is who our God is. He's a shepherd who loves his sheep. He's a, he's a shepherd whose instinct is to provide and protect his sheep. That's your God. That's your master. That's your savior. That's your Lord. He wants to protect you and provide for you and meet all your needs according to his glorious riches in Christ Jesus. Do you know, there's an article about, uh, about a, a shepherding, a sheep 
disaster in Turkey. Listen to this. Hundreds of sheep followed their leader. That's another sheep. How many know it's not good to follow a sheep? You're not here following Alan Duncalf. That's why I never promote Alan Duncalf. You're not here following Alan Duncalf. You're here following Jesus Christ. This is why I don't have Alan Duncalf Ministries. I don't have a website, Alan Duncalf website, where you can buy my whatever. No, I'm, I'm, you don't follow Alan, you follow Jesus. Or you follow me as I follow Jesus. Does this make sense to everybody? So here are these dumb, dumb sheep. Hundreds of sheep followed their, their leader sheep off a cliff in eastern Turkey. Can you imagine the first one goes over and the other one's behind I may as well follow. <laughs> and that's what they did. They followed the, the lead sheep off, off the cliff, plunging to their deaths, while shepherds looked on in dismay. The shepherds are like, oh my goodness. 400 sheep fell 50 feet to their deaths in a ravine in Van, a province near Iran. But thankfully, those 400 sheep broke the fall of another 1,100 sheep that followed. It's actually, you know, it's, if it wasn't so tragic, we would be laughing our heads off. Well, maybe I will laugh my head off. But, but here it is. These 1,100 other sheep survived because of the 400. What, what happened, folks, is the shepherds were at a nearby village Neglecting their flock. How many know Jesus never neglects his flock? How many know that Jesus never goes for breakfast and comes back and says, oh no, what has Alan done? He's made a... Dis-. No, he doesn't do that. Thank God. But these shepherds were away having breakfast, leaving their sheep to roam free. What a disaster. The loss to the local farmers was an estimated $74,000. Wow. Get the picture. You got 400 sheep at the bottom who were dead, who made a, a fine pillow for the 1,100 that followed. <laughs> and there's a pile of 1,500 stupid sheep. All because they didn't understand the importance of looking to the shepherd. Now, we'll, we're going to let them off the hook, these dumb 1,500 sheep, because their poor shepherd was nowhere around. But I'm going to tell you, folks, Jesus never fails. Our shepherd is always there. And what you have to do, and what I have to do, is we've got to keep our eyes on the shepherd at all times. The minute that you get your eyes off the shepherd, the minute you forget Jesus, is the minute you get into trouble and you're following some stupid sheep off a cliff. In fact, some of you have done that already. And by God's grace and mercy, you survived and you're here today. In fact, that's many of us. You've got to keep your eyes on Jesus, your shepherd, who loves you. Look at this. He wants to provide for you, and he wants to protect you. Say it with me. Jesus wants to provide for me and protect me. Jesus wants to provide for me and protect me. Now, for many of us here today, we've gotten to the habit of taking life into our own hands. Uh, God, I, I, I got this. Don't worry about this. I'll take care of this. And what Jesus wants us to get into the habit of saying, okay, Jesus, I don't, I don't got this. I don't know what I'm doing. I think I know what I'm doing, but Lord, I'm coming to you. And you say, well, Pastor, exactly how do we do that? Because I've never been able to have a, a direct 
conversation with Jesus where he, where he, he and I are like talking? Well, actually, you can't, and it's called the Word of God. We always call the Bible God speaking to me. This is, when, I read, when I pick up my Bible and read it, God speaks to me. And I'm going to tell you, God speaks to me every time. What does it mean to keep your eyes on Jesus? It means you're constantly going to the Scripture, and you're finding out what God's will is, what God's Word is. I was so delighted to hear that some of you have taken up the challenge to read five Psalms uh, a day to get through the Psalms in a month. Some of you have said, well, I'm going to do it over two months. That's fine. Some of you have taken up the challenge to start reading through the Proverbs. One, one chapter of Proverbs a day gets you through it in a month. I'm going to tell you, if you want to have the wisdom that keeps your eyes on Jesus. Because so many people think, if I read the Bible, it's just going to give me the wisdom to know how to do life. This is, this is wrong. This is so wrong. You've you got to get this. When you're reading the Scriptures, what you're doing is you're keeping your eyes on Jesus, who then leads you through life. Did you get that? The difference? So it's not like I'm going to, if I read all these, if I read all this, then I'm all ready to go and I'm ready to, to do life. No, that's not it. When you're reading the scripture, what you're doing now is you are actually being guided by the shepherd through life. And remember, this is why Jesus said he was going to send the Holy Spirit to us, because we need the Holy Spirit in us, guiding us through life. In fact, he's called the paraclete, which, is, which, is the, which in Greek means, it's from the Greek, which means the alongside one. What's the picture here? It's a shepherd, isn't it? The shepherd who's actually with you, guiding you through life. And when you're reading the scripture, folks, this is how you know whether you're following the shepherd or not. This book is not just so that you become wise enough to do life on your own. No, that's completely wrong. You're reading this book so that you know when you're getting it wrong because you're supposed to be being shepherded, guided, led through this life. So are you being? Are you being led by God through this life? Because literally, this walk with God, this Christianity is a daily walk with him where we are being led and guided by him moment by moment. That's what it means. Now, I've got to just quickly run through Psalm 23, and I know our time is up, but let me just quickly do this. David says, I shall not, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. What does that mean? I will have no need. Immediately what comes to mind, Matthew 6, where Jesus says, don't worry about what you eat, what you're going to eat, what you're going to drink, what you're going to wear. He says, rather, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. What is he saying? Keep your eyes on Jesus. And then Jesus says, then you'll have everything you need. How many of us here today forgot that? You've been so, so caught up in pursuing what you need, and what you want, and what you need to do, and where you need to go, and what you need to have. And Jesus is saying, stop it. Get your eyes on me. Can you imagine this shepherd yelling at the sheep? Hey! The question is, are you paying attention? Are you, are you listening to the shepherd? He said, follow me. I'm going to lead you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to lead you where the food is. So stop worrying about that. I'm going to lead you to where the clothes are. Stop worrying about that. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to protect you. I, have, I shall not want. That is, I have everything I need. He lets me rest in green meadows. He leads me beside peaceful 
streams. And in the Hebrew, it says, he's making me recline on oases of vegetation. Doesn't that sound good? What's your favorite food? Oasis of my favorite food. All that you need. And I want you to get the picture here, folks. Does it sound a little bit like paradise? Hey, if you've been following Jesus faithfully, then you know that following Christ is like living in paradise. It's a taste of heaven now. Hallelujah, right? Wow. What are you, what are you depriving yourself of? Get, start following the shepherd and let him do his thing in your life. He renews my strength. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. In the Hebrew, it's he restores my soul. He restores my soul. Are you feeling out of, out of, out of tune with God? You're feeling cold spiritually, feeling distant from him? Run to the shepherd, and he will restore your soul. He guides me along right paths, bringing honor to his name. What does that mean? Well, it simply means that you're not going to end up in a pile of dead sheep looking stupid. A Christian that is faithfully following Christ brings glory to God. Why? Because there's something different. There's something different about that guy. JB had a friend who comes to church, I think in the second service, but he came to church because he was just looking at JB. I want to be like J. I want to have what JB has. Do you, you get what I'm saying here? JB was not in a pile of dead sheep when he was observed. Rather, he's observed as someone who's peaceful, joyful, happy, calm, relaxed, bringing glory to God. Are people coming to church because of your life? Listen, get your eyes on the shepherd for Christ's name's sake. Even when I walk through the darkest valley, I will not be afraid, for you're close beside me. Your rod and your staff protect me. What is the rod and the staff of Jesus? The rod is for discipline, and the staff is for rescuing us. It's got a crook on it. just fits nicely under the front, I was going to say the front arms, but the front legs of the sheep. Getting, him, getting that sheep back in line. Last week we talked about the discipline of God, some suffering that's necessary in our lives. That's what Jesus does with his rod. He disciplines us. Jesus, Jesus is not going to discipline me, is he? Yeah, because once you, once you discipline once, you're probably not going to do it again. How many know what I'm talking about? Any parents in the room? You know exactly what I'm talking about. You're, you prepare a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. Hey, you know the picture here? Peter says in, in 1 Peter 5, 8, stay alert, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Imagine a flock of sheep just peacefully grazing. I'm imagining that's what sheep do. And there's the, there's the lion off to the side, pacing back and forth, roaring, you know, why, you know why the lion roars? To paralyze its prey. But there's, a roar, there's the lion roaring, walking to and fro, back and forth, pacing. And the sheep are just, get this in your mind, the sheep are just peacefully eating their food, 
looking over at the, at, the, at the lion who they should be terrified of, but they're not. Why? Because the shepherd's there. Now let the Spirit of God speak to your heart right now. Because when you stay near the shepherd, I don't care what enemy is coming against you, you're safe. You can be totally peaceful, totally at rest, joyful. Well, the, well, the roaring lion, not Satan, when, he's, try, when he's, he's waiting to have his lunch, well, you're having yours. But you can eat peacefully and be fed up while he goes hungry because of the shepherd who never leaves your side. Would you stand with me, please? David says, surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me all the days of my life and I'll live in the house of the Lord forever. Hey, the good shepherd doesn't just give you a rich and satisfying life in this life, but he secures a place for you in heaven. Is your spot reserved? Is your spot reserved in heaven? Are you sure? Are you sure you're converted? Are you sure you're born again? Have you really and truly put your faith in Jesus Christ? You say, well, Pastor Alan, I'm not 100% sure if that's the case. I'm gonna tell you, if you are following hard after Jesus and you want to obey him and do his will, that's the proof. That's the proof that you love him. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey my commands. Imagine the good shepherd who loves you and cares for you. He doesn't wanna make your life miserable. He wants to make your life fantastic but you have to obey him. You gotta do exactly what he says. If you've been wandering away, come back today. The shepherd's calling. Father, as we close our service now, fill our hearts with faith to trust you, to believe you. Give us the faith, oh God, we pray, to do your will every time. God, some of us have been drifting away. Some of us are in peril even now. We've drifted so far away from the master that now we are easy prey for Satan himself who is seeking for someone to devour. Father, some of us have been wounded quite badly by the enemy. We've got bite marks on our bodies. We've got, we've got the evidence of, of maiming, of hurt. But we want to come to you good shepherd and we want to surrender to you and we want to say Jesus start start helping me start protecting me start providing for me start showing me how to live and God you want to do that that's why you've given us your word your bible so that we may dig in and feast to our hearts content so father have your way in our hearts and lives we pray in Jesus name and everyone said it with me amen, amen. tell the person beside you stay close to the shepherd